It is very good afternoon. It's Niall Boyle and Witcher for the next hour or so. Now, we do want to focus on what's happening in Ballon Robe. It is trending on Twitter, but the Taoiseach seems to be ignoring it. So does the Minister for Integration. They're ignoring it. As far as they're concerned, 50 migrants will move in uh, before the or before the end of the day today, they're saying this morning. Now, a local election candidate has called on the Minister for Children and Disabilities, Equality, Integration and Youth, Roderick O'Gorman, to meet with the people in Ballinrobe as protests against the planned accommodation of 50 male refugees continues outside a local hotel. Local County Councillor Michael Burke said on Saturday that he had been told by the property owner the Department of Children and Disabilities, Equality, Integration and Youth had withdrawn the lease. Uh, that seems not to be in the case, mind you. In a statement issued to the Mayor News, the department said that they were continuing to engage with the provider to in, in relation to the premises in Ballon Robe and is not in a position to comment any further. Local people have maintained a constant presence outside the hotel uh, since the news of the proposal to the House. Uh, international protection applicants broke on Friday afternoon. Now, over 50 people were gathered outside the hotel yesterday evening. Uh, including several men who are from Eastern Europe. So this is the protest to say, look, we're not racist. There's people here from all different nationalities protesting. Several people who spoke to the Mayo News outlined various concerns regarding the hotel being used for male refugees, including its proximity to a nearby school. Paul Lawless, a local election candidate for Aintu, has called on the Minister uh, O'Gorman to meet with local people regarding the issue calling for a substantial and manageable immigration system. Mr. Lawless stated that plans to accommodate 50 males, two doors from Ninog Preschool uh, without consultation with parents, uh, the creche owners and the wider community is just wrong. Now, Apache Pizza have obviously supported, as well as many local businesses, have supported the protesters by delivering free goods to them much to the discontent of a lot of people. Speaking on RTEs this week, he, uh, Leo Varadkar said, nobody in a free society, nobody in a democracy has a right to exercise a veto on who moves into their area and community. This was a statement which was echoed by Ivana Bacic, by the way, from Labour on Saturday as well. And he said that doesn't, doesn't apply to people seeking international protection. So as far as Leo Varadkar is concerned, nobody in a free society or in a democracy has a right to exercise a veto on who moves into their area. Now that's kind of odd, isn't it? Because I'm looking at an article here from the Irish Examiner, and this is uh, from the 21st of September 2017. Leo Varadkar, Taoiseach, defends objection to housing development in his constituency. Taoiseach Leo Varadkar has today defended his objections to a housing development in his own constituency. So it's okay for Leo to kind of veto something that might be going on that he's not too happy with, but the rest of us, well, we should just suck it up. Anyway, I want to get your calls and your texts on this. The number is 085-122-55. We did try and contact some of the people who were actually at the protest at the moment. Unfortunately, we haven't had anything back from them yet, but they are welcome to come on the air. And indeed, if you don't agree with the protest, you're also welcome to come on the air. That's what the show is all about, a bit of balance. 085-122-55. Let's have a little look at a video there of the protesters who are currently outside and brave the weather all night long. Let's have a look at that little video there. <laughs> Protest is extending. We're doing a third fire now. It's going to end up at the bottom of the main street soon. We'll all have to hold hands and start singing songs. I know. <laughs> yeah. After Leo Varadkar's um, threat today, we uh, we are staying and we're not going anywhere, Leo. Yeah, yeah. There's more of us here now, and we ain't moving, boy. <laughs> Look at those violent right-wing protesters. Now, they actually look like a nice bunch of peaceful people just sitting out in the cold. Joining me is Padder Tobin, uh, leader of Ain2. Padder, nice to talk to you again today. You too, Niall. How are you? 
First of all, let's go to Leo's statement. So Leo said, nobody in a free society, nobody in a democracy has a right to exercise a veto on who moves into their area or community. Do we have a right to veto or to even raise an objection to it? Yes, yeah, so first of all, I would say like A2 is, is a Republican uh, political party. So we believe that everybody is fully equal in our society. And, you know, the color of a person's eyes, uh, the color of a person's skin, I should say, should be of no more significance than the color of their eyes. So in relation to individuals moving into, you know, housing or, or accommodation or buying houses, you know, we are in a free society and people are allowed to do that. But when there are significant developments within communities, absolutely communities have a, a right to respond. That is the very basis of the planning process system that we have in this country. You know, we, we want a participatory democracy where communities participate in actually what's happening in their own areas. And in the planning process for the last, you know, uh, 30, 40 years, we've had a system to say that if a new building is uh, being built that is to accommodate you know 50 or 100 people but then locals have a right to make object uh, objections or observations or submissions in relation to that or even if a building is being changed in its use in terms of whether it's a commercial building to be changed into residential again the law states that society actually has a right to participate in that decision so the like Leo Bracker is being completely disingenuous. Well, it wasn't just him who said it. Ivana Bacic said the same thing on Saturday. Actually, more or less the same words. Maybe they they rang each other and got the same quotation. But it's more or less the same quotation when she was talking about people in Rings End. They don't have a veto on who moves into their area. Again, hence the Labour Party, by the way, and ain't who are now beating them in the polls, uh, and they're disappearing off the map. So. Realistically, are they in touch with the people at all, politicians? I mean, you may not, you may or may not agree with the protest and the reason for the protest and the people's concerns about safety, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's all a completely different kettle of fish. That's an argument that we could have, you know, or a debate we should have. But the idea that we don't even listen to people anymore, or we we just write them off as some group of right wing protesters, I mean, it's become a little bit outrageous at this stage. Yeah, so there's two things happening at the moment, especially in the, in the Ballon Road space uh, and in the recent Rings End uh, area. First of all, the complete lack of proper consultation with communities. So to ignoring con the, the communities, keeping them in the dark, keeping them in a vacuum, you know, that has the, the ability to create a petri dish of rumour in those localities, which leads to, you know, major difficulties. So the government are creating a situation by ignoring people and not communicating with them, not even having the respect to engage with them, they're creating this situation where it's ripe for conspiracy and rumor. That's the first thing. But the second thing is we live in a, in, in a political citizen-based democracy. The citizens are actually meant to be the leadership of this country through that process. And actually we have a planning system you know, and that planning system, right, like I can think of a dozen situations where Aon O'Reardon, for example, you know, made objections to, um, you know, apartment blocks being built in his locality. As, as did Richard Boyd Barrett, by the way, who has also condemned yeah. protesters. So these individuals have exercised their rights as citizens in their communities to actually to object to, to submit their views uh, in relation to developments that ha have happened within their areas. So to say that other people don't have the right to do so is, is wrong. It's contradictory. It's hypocritical. And, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's hard to listen to these political parties at the moment because there's a hypocrisy um, in their language 
But where, where are we? Where are we going when it comes to immigration? Because you know, I I put up a post there recently on Twitter, and I mentioned Dane too, and it as well. I mentioned you, and I mentioned Dane too. And somebody then had to go at me and said, "Well, hold on for a second. Pat from Dane too was on television there a while ago, and he doesn't believe there should be a cap on numbers. I mean, the the, the so teacher. The te- I want so you to clarify that first. Did you say that? So what we said about uh, this particular quote that is being pushed in social media by some micro organisations is from about five or six years ago. Uh, and and it is true uh, that we hadn't uh, called uh, for a cap on migration figures uh, at that uh, time. And in actual fact, our policy has been completely consistent in relation to migration from the last four years. We have said that it must be sustainable and it must be manageable. And we've stated that the delivery of resources for, uh, in, in society, whether it be housing or healthcare, or education or transport, is the key determinant on what is sustainable. So, for example, if you bring in numbers that are greater than your ability to provide resources to sustain those people, well, then obviously you get into a situation where it's not sustainable. And, and, and but was, but honest, was it ever so, really I mean, was it really? I mean, obviously we had an obligation, humanitarian obligation to people from Ukraine. Although, in fairness, up before the Christmas, uh, that came into question too, you know, in relation to a lot of people who are heading home, we've had to change the rules around that. But but generally speaking, was it ever manageable? We're in a housing crisis, you know, since, yeah. uh, you know, 2010. The figures only came out the other night that we're now at a record number of homeless people at 14,000, whatever it is, which is double the amount uh, that it, it was when Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil came into power in the first place. So, I mean, the housing crisis has got worse, generally speaking. I'm talking about the domestic housing crisis. And now we're adding to it by allowing more and more people to come into the country. Now, I understand we have a humanitarian duty to some people, who find themselves in a very difficult situation in their own country. And I believe we should roll out the red carpet for those people. But generally speaking, it seems to be a free-for-all. Now, Leo Varadkar has said we don't have open borders. But I don't see how we don't have open borders because anybody can come to Ireland and claim asylum. So we, we essentially do have open borders at this moment in time. So the key pillars of AIM2's policy when it comes to migration is, first of all, compassion. And we, I agree with what you've just said. So in other words where people are actually fleeing from genuine war, from genuine famine um, and, and violence. We should do our best as a decent country mm. and to see at least where possible that we put a roof over their heads if we can. So that's Absolutely, we have a reputation there for kindness be, and that has to continue. Yeah, There has to be compassion within, and I, I believe the Irish people are compassionate. But where we say common sense has to come into place is that the government has been extremely lax in the delivery of that system. So, for example, the government had that allow thousands of people every year to come in to Ireland from other EU countries without travel documents. Countries for which they had to have a travel document to get onto the plane to come to Ireland. And, and that's wrong. Secondly, the government's process is taking far too long. A parliamentary question that Aintu put in just in the last couple of weeks have shown that seven years is the length of time it's taking to just for the first application to be, to be decided upon. And, and then the person can make a number of appeals after that. So the current process allows for 10 years for the for a person's application process mm-hmm. to go from start to finish before an actual decision is made. And, and then, then, and the, and then even if they are refused and they get a deportation order, nobody actually follows that up. So people exactly. are not actually being deported. But, that was but, but the other thing is, but how is it acceptable? But how is it even acceptable for the government to misinform the general public? Because that's what they're doing. I mean, when they say we don't have open borders, we essentially do. And Leo Varadkar said we don't. When they say people are not unvetted, 
a minister, or should I say Taoiseach, at the time, Michal Martin said on BBC News himself that we weren't checking people coming into the country because we didn't have the administration to do at the time, going back a year and a half ago. So by his own admission, we weren't actually checking people for security. And we have had numerous cases, I'm not going to say that many, but certainly a lot of cases where people had international arrest warrants and had to be removed again from the country. And so how do they get in the first place if we're checking everybody allegedly? I mean, a lot of the misinformation, Leo Varadkar the other day, only on the on RTE, turned around and said in relation to the Dublin Convention that it was uh, misinformation to suggest that people had to apply for asylum on the country or the port that they enter. He said that was misinformation. His own ministers and a spokesperson for the Department of Justice uh, has said in the past that he's incorrect. He's wrong. The Dublin Convention still stands and that key criteria of uh, entry point still stands in the Dublin Convention. So why are they misinforming the people? First of all, I think there's, there's, there's two reasons. I think there's an ideological focus by especially the Greens and some within Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael in relation to this, uh, in relation to migration. And secondly, don't underestimate the uselessness of this government uh, in terms of being able to deliver proper systems in any part of, of the country. So this is, is not widely known. Under the European Union, there isn't free movement of people as such. There's actually free movement of workers. And Absolutely. a person is able to move from one country to another and be without work for three months. But if they're still without work for three months, the country, uh, Ireland or any other country, has a right to seek that they be repatriated to another European country. That's simply not done in, in Ireland uh, at all. The second issue is the government has a right even to move European citizens back to their own countries if they have criminal records and are deemed to be a threat. And again, you know, we've been able to put in parliamentary questions and to the government, and they've shown that the, the number of people removed from the country due to having criminal records is extremely low and actually mm. has reduced in the last two or three years, even though the numbers coming into the country have significantly increased. So, you know, the government are not even using the tools that are available to them in terms of the law that exists in Ireland and in terms of, of European law to make sure that we just have a more effective system of adjudicating whether a person needs help or not. And that's the big real difficulty that's happening. So if you add that to the lack of uh, communication, to the lack of engagement, and the lack of uh, citizen participation in the decisions, what we're seeing is now a, a backlash within society. And, and that backlash has been created in large part by, by the government's uh, uh, inability to manage the system properly. And, um, you know, I, I honestly think that the government keep talking as well about international... Well, why, why, uh, but, but, well, sorry for interrupting you about it, but why are they doing it? When Leo says before Christmas, well, six to seven weeks ago, that Ireland has a capacity, we're now at that capacity. And then you have Timmy Dooley given out to people for using the term Ireland is full. Leo used the term. He just changed the word slightly. It's exactly the same thing. Right? If you have a book at a capacity or a capacity for a bucket and it's at the capacity, it means it's full. That's what it essentially means. It's saying the same thing just in Dublin for language. So... I mean, why is it that when the government realise we have a serious accommodation problem, we have nowhere to put people, but yet we're still allowing the same thing to happen every single day? Why are they continuing? What is the motive behind continuing to do this when clearly it's not manageable and it's causing so many problems and so much division in the country? I think what the, what's happening is the government are at sixes and sevens. I do think that there has been an actual change in government policy um, over the last three or four months uh, in relation to this. Um, but their inability to deliver on that change is causing difficulties. 
I do believe that the government is starting to read the room to a certain extent in terms of this. And that's why you've seen language such as capacity starts to be introduced to this. And um, but, you know, and, and it's, it's the same as happening in Sinn Féin. Sinn Féin have, you know, significantly flipped. Well, they've done a U-turn the because they're looking at votes for the next election. We know that. Exactly. So but the key problem here is, Niall, and this is the key problem, is that there's no backbone in these political parties. There's no moral compass in these political parties. These parties will change direction on whichever way they see the winds blow, and that's one of the. But I, but I don't, but, but I don't believe they are changing because if, if they were changing direction on whichever way the wind blows, they would have done that six months ago, because the wind was blowing the other way six months ago. I mean, realistically, the all are welcome just doesn't work anymore because there's nowhere to put people. I mean, even if you really cared about people and you cared about everybody coming into the country, I mean, it isn't humanitarian to stick somebody in a tent somewhere or give them fifty quid and a meal voucher. And tell them off, you're going out with a sleeping bag in the middle of a city. So realistically, we can't accommodate people, but yet we're still doing it. Now, getting back to Ballon Robe, of course, and this is the protest today, um, uh, the Minister of Integration, Radical Gorman, says the 50 people will be moving in this morning. And yet those people have braved the weather, as you can see from the video, they're not a bunch of crazy, violent people. They're just a bunch of local people who have local concerns. And yet again, no transparency. Nobody's talking to them. And they're just being told, well, I'm sorry, we don't care what you think. They're going in anyway. I, I do think that Roderick O'Gorman is one of the most obstinate, stubborn uh, ministers that I've ever seen uh, uh, in, in government over the last number of years. There's a, a complete refusal to meet with people is wrong. These ministers need to realise that they are in power on the basis of the will of the people. And for them to continuously refuse to actually meet with uh, communities around the country is absolutely wrong. It throws the whole idea of democracy upside down. And, you know, you know, I, I, I would like to uh, welcome Paul Aulis's call uh, for the, the minister uh, to meet with the local community. It's not too late to do the right thing in terms of engaging with local communities. I've seen certain local communities who have actually come up with other solutions in terms of accommodations in their towns, you know, still being ignored by the government and being refused to have been met with. You know, I can think of Lismore, for example. They had a, a hotel, which was an, an important element of their economy. And they knew of another building, which would have been more suitable, actually, for migrants to move into. Uh, but the government still refused to meet with that community, still barged ahead with their objectives. And as a result, you know, did enormous damage to the economic livelihoods of people living in this more. You know, I, I do think that we have a local election coming up next June, and that local election is a really important time to, um, for, for people to be able to articulate their views in relation to migration. One of the, the things I will say to people around that is there's a lot of decent independence out there, but there's also a lot of independence that would very quickly put the government back into government after the next election. Mm -hmm. So. When people think of voting uh, for uh, independence, they might feel that they're they're getting their their own back on the government. But in reality, it's very hard to judge whether those independents will those independents will actually stand up for what they believe in. You need to have a party with an actual written constitution, a written platform, AAA, and to make it clear that those individuals will, will okay. actually deliver on the vote that you cast. In relation to those people from Ballarobe, hopefully we get a couple of calls from the people that were at the protest today. Do, do aim to support the people and support their protest? We, or support their believe, right to protest, anyway? We believe in the right to protest uh, for everybody in, in, in democracy. We think that the right to protest is a fundamental foundation of a, a democracy. 
once you get rid of the rights to protest in a democracy, you get into very, very dangerous authoritarian space. You know, in, 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 in the Dole, we have fought for the right to uh, freedom of speech and to, 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 for the rights to free to protest. I think we're the only political party in the Dole that has done that. And, you know, the days that we get into the situation where certain people are not allowed to protest peacefully and respectfully is the day that we get into the 1984 scenario, a very, very dangerous uh, scenario where the yeah. state then starts to dictate. Well, well, we've seen that. Uh, speaking of Roger Gorgon, we've seen that during the week. And I know you mentioned it too, and as did I on Twitter as well, when Roger Gorgon suggests that NGOs should be campaigning for a yes vote or the questions to answer. In other words, a kind of sneaky, underhanded way of saying we might take away your funding, which was uh, quite outrageous, actually. It takes the whole credibility of the referendum away, if you ask me. But mind you, it can't, be, uns- can't be unsaid. Completely outrageous. And, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that when the state is providing billions of euros... Six billion, yeah. For, for, for the jobs of, of, of these individuals, that these individuals take notice when the government tells them what to do. We have very, very tight rules on how much money you can spend on referendum, on how much money you can spend on, in terms of uh, elections. And yet we have a government that is spending money in terms of these campaigning groups and is telling them that they should be very, very clear which side... Well, it's taxpayers' money, isn't it? It's not their money, it's taxpayers' money. Exactly. Listen, listen yeah. thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air. Patrick Tobin, Ain too. thanks very much thank indeed. Thank you very for much. Um, okay, we're going to get your thoughts on this. 085-122-55, 085-122-55. Jason and Mark, I should be with you in two seconds. Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school. And all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up. But not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast, the Niall Boylan Podcast. Well, let me go to Jason. Jason, hi, how are you? Good afternoon, how are you, pal? Good, good. Jason, this idea that we shouldn't, that nobody, according to Leo Varadkar, nobody in a free society, nobody in a democracy has a, a democracy has a right to exercise a veto on who moves into the community. What do you think of that statement? When is he going to realise he works for us? Us, the Irish people. Not Europe. Not, not, not these poor unfortunates that are leaving their, their, their lands and moving across Europe. He works for us. But now didn't he not say a couple of months ago, he doesn't pay attention to opinion polls. They mean nothing to him because if they're not going his way, he doesn't want to know. Mm-hmm. They'd only pull out these opinion polls when it suits them. Oh, we, we, we think, we believe... I mean, you've radio presenters on and all saying, I believe the majority of Irish people believe in this that I believe in. Why put it to, well, then put it to a referendum? They put everything else that they want to ram down our throats to a referendum. Why can't we put this open border to a referendum and see what the actual Irish people really want? Because the politicians ain't going to do it for us. They're scared, they're afraid of their fucking lives to put their head up above the pulpit and say, no, this is wrong because they're far right and that's it, they're gone. And Noel, it's changing across Europe. Look at the parties getting into power across Europe now. And they're being slated by the likes of our government. Oh, they're far right, they're far right. No, they're listening to their people. They've realised that it's the people of their country who pay their wages that are the ones they have to take up for, not Europe. I mean, these boys are just doing this to get the pensions, another pension. Some of these lads are going to be walking around with four or five pensions by the time they're finished in government. They go straight from college, they, they study politics, they've no life experience, they've never been out in the real world, and then all of a sudden they're running our country. Yeah, but, they, but if I was a politician, I wouldn't want to be unpopular. Surely to God, the whole aim of any politician or anybody in any job is no, to be, is to be popular. Because they have, no, an, they have another election coming up. 
don't think it matters anymore. It's all about Europe. These are just councillors for Europe. I think once they're playing Europe's tune, Europe are going to get the job over there. Oh, did you see the video coming out of uh, Brussels on New Year's Eve? No, no. Did you see the big party they had in the middle of Brussels on New Year's Eve? No, no, I didn't. Have a look at it now. Okay. Have a look at it. That's our, that's our new Europe, pal. Okay. And, uh, no, see, they don't care about us. Oh, sorry, no, I'll just finish this. They don't care about us because they know they have their job in Europe. As long as they, they, they tow European line and the European way, that's it. They don't care about the Irish anymore. This is just a stop. I mean, in rela- in relation to the individuals, I don't know who the 50 men are, the refugees <laughs> and where they're from, or it could be Albania, Georgia. I don't know where they're all coming from, right? They're all re- The point is, they're already here. So yeah. they're already here, maybe sleeping in a tent in Dublin somewhere, or I don't know, in some hostel somewhere. I don't know where they are. And they're being moved to this particular location. Now, let's not blame them. They took an opportunity. Because our government gave them that opportunity. So we, you can't blame them. And and that that's what seems to happen sometimes. People blame the refugees. I mean, no, pe- people I will take I, advantage of any situation. Look what happened oh, in America with people coming from, to, from Mexico. Wouldn't you allow yeah. it to happen, people will do it. I'm not blaming them, no. I mean, I'd do it. If this country fell on its arse, I, you know, if I was that I'd way, I'd yeah, you'd bail. Oh, yeah, well, we all know you would, Noel. You'd bail at the drop of a high or this bloody country given half the chance. <laughs> I'm, I'm prepared to stand and fight. I stepped through the last recession, lost me business, lost me home, slept on the streets for a couple of weeks. I told you this before, got my life back together. Um, no, but, I mean, why are we taking so many in from Albania? There's no war there. And you know England has now shut that off. Italy has now shut that off. I'm sorry to say, I don't care what this can be. They're the biggest criminals out there at the moment. Well, I'll, well, I'll, well, the other thing as well is Ireland has essentially become the Rwanda now because, of course, as you know, Britain were planning originally on deporting people yeah. to Rwanda. That didn't happen for them because it was stopped by the Supreme Court. But now, you see, but, now, but now we're seeing a situation where most of the refugees that we're seeing are actually yeah. coming through the United Kingdom. And straight to here. And there's not a thing we can do about it. Because well, now, now that well, England there is a thing we can do about it. In the UA. But now, now that England ain't in the, in, the, in the EU, we can't send them back there. We can send them back to France if they come directly from France to us, directly from Italy to us. We, but now that England got out, we have now, they're having their own problems, which we all know about there, but we have no right to send them back now. You, you, you know, so it's, it's a tricky one. But why are we taking in so many Albanian and Georgian when there's no war? Well, there's a lot of countries they're coming from. There's no war in. I mean, we've well, seen. The, 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 look at the amount coming. We are taking a disproportionate amount from Al- Albania and Georgia. And I'm not honestly no. Have a look what went on in England. They're running them out. They're they're just they're trouble. Unfortunately, they are trouble. Okay, I wouldn't say they're all trouble, but certainly there may be an element yeah, within. Come here, yeah. a, a bigger element than that than's not. If you know okay. what I mean. Okay, well, 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 well stay there, Jason. I don't, I don't, well, I don't want to pick on an individual nationality, but I understand no, the point I mean, you're making. Okay, but but okay. In relation to you know the protesters in Ballinrobe, okay, I've seen some comments online. You know, and I know Apache Pizza have sent them over pizzas, and I know people have supported them, and a lot of people are supporting them. But I've seen some comments online saying they're claiming these migrants will be dangerous to the crash next door. You know, and some people are saying, how do they know? I mean, they don't even know who the people are. Yeah, but no, you put 50 un- uh, undocumented men, and don't give me this, that, that, that fingerprinted. If they've thrown away their documents, not every country is linked into the fingerprint database, okay? So I'm not being rude. You put 50, 50 or anything to the little school, and you're going to have problems. Not all of them in there are being vetted. I don't care what anybody says. And it's not the point of it. There's 50 unemployed. They've nothing to do all day. They're left, and no, they've destroyed, not going to say destroyed our little village where I am, but there's a lot of them in a hotel where we are. And um, you can see the difference in the village, the tension, the nervousness of the, of the young people. And they're not all horror stories. There's too many of them now where they are being approached and the guards have actually had to take a few of them out and arrest them because they were approaching young, young girls in our village. 
Okay, well, that, well, that's if that's happening, that's completely unacceptable. Stay there for a second. Let me go to Mark as well. Mark, hi, how are you? Hi, Mark. I'm great, yeah. Thank Good. You. I, I, Mark, it looks like the people of Ballinrobe are being ignored. And according to the minister, um, it's happening whether they like it or not. 50 people. And Leo Varadkar said, we don't have a right. Nobody in a free democracy, a free society, nobody in democracy has a right to ex- exercise a visa on who moves into their community. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess the way I saw that statement from Leo, it's, it's an attempt to frame the parameters of the debate, I think. Because when you look at it, it ties into what you were saying too about um, we can't blame the migrants. Sales managers know this. People will do whatever you incentivize them to do. So when you look at the people of Ballon Road, the incentive that they have to be in Ballon Road could be their history, it could be the facilities that are available, it could be their the suitability of it to raise their children, or they like the local government. But the reasons why these migrants are being in Ballon Road is none of those. They haven't self-selected. So there's a very there's a vast difference in the incentivization of those two different cohorts within Ballon Road. And that's self-selection in natural migration. Like it's the reason why I wouldn't move for the economics factors in Saudi Arabia, say, is because of the other factors. None of that self-selection is existent within this migrant population. So there's no guarantee, you know, that they're going to integrate or fit in at all. Um, but that, that's, that's kind of my, my, my thought on no, that. No, no, I, I get the point you make about self-selection. In other words, if you decide to move to an area, you're moving there for the right reasons, where if you're being selected just to move there or being told to move there or pushed into there, uh, you're not moving there for the right reasons. So you're not part, you don't, maybe don't want to be part of the local community. You're just doing it because you have no other option. Mm. But at the same time, these people can immediately vote in local elections. Well, I do think it's outrageous, by the way, can I just point out. I don't believe anybody should be allowed to vote in an election unless you're a citizen of the country. But however, that's a whole other, a whole other debate. In, in relation to, you know, the, the, the minister saying, well, there's nothing we can do. We have to put them somewhere. So in other words, what he's more or less saying is the people of Ballon Robe are saying, you know, it's a bit of nimbyism uh, anywhere, but not in our backyard. Yeah, well, who's backyard? You, you know, I think... Well, who, well, well, that's exactly it. Whose backyard? So what, what do you do with the 50, in this case, 50 people? Because well, nobody seems to want that in their area. Yeah, it, it, it hasn't been in D4's backyard, though, has it? it well, no, it has. Been... There, is, there is one that opened up there in uh, Balls Bridge there over the weekend. Well, they're supposed to be putting some people into it. Now, mind you, according to RT News, locals are quite welcoming in the area. I've listened to some of the locals, and there was also a protest out there the other day, so I don't believe they're all very welcoming, you know? It's, 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 one, it's, a, it's a wonder how, uh, how net worth can make your far-right opinions become legitimate concerns um, in, in that scenario, I think. And also, like, the one in Balls Bridge is just recently announced. We're now seven months on from Greg T finding the... Well, I, I find the one in Balls Bridge quite strange because the Irish Times did a story on it on Saturday, I think it was, Friday or Saturday in the Irish Times, where they interviewed some of the locals. You know, Mary, who lives down the road, and Paddy, who lives around the corner and has lived there for 20 years, says, you know, it's a wait and see, but he welcomes them and all this. And I'm going, it's funny, the Irish Times never did a story about Ring's End or never did a story about Finglas or never did a story about other places. All they ever did was do negative stories. They never did a kind of positive type story about those things. But but in saying that, they also briefly mentioned that somebody who didn't want to be named said they had concerns, <laughs> you know, but they didn't refer to anybody as right wing. Yes, when it's another area, working class area, they refer to them as right wing people. Say they didn't, you know, they didn't welcome them or whatever it is. It's quite it's the, the language around the whole thing is is so selected. I see. 
I find it very worrying, and Patter talked about it too, the, the, the talk about having a right to protest these things. And it, it comes into too, the, the slander around far right. Like outside of elections, the only opportunity that the people of Ireland have to, to participate in democracy is to freely express themselves and to freely assemble. So what happens when you call people far right is it means that in order to peacefully assemble or to peacefully express yourself on this topic and a couple of other topics, it means that you also have to face the slander of far right. That comes with a huge cost. It means that you might have to you know, go into work. Maybe you work at a tech company. Maybe you work with hundreds of people where oftentimes you know, those on the left and those that call themselves progressives are mm. more than willing to from the rooftops, their opinions. But if you, want to, if you want to express one of these opinions, well, then you have to also explain why you're not uh, a far-right fascist, <laughs> you know? But, it's, it, but, it, but it's funny, when you watch those videos of those people last night who braved the cold weather all night long, they didn't look like a bunch of far-right wing fascists. They just looked like a, people who, a bunch of people who are concerned. Uh, stay there, Mark, for a second, because I want to go to Sandy Morris and I have to go to Carl as well. Sandy, hi, how are you? Hi, good morning. Can you hear me okay? Nice. I, can, I can, Sandy. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's fine. Yeah, I just wanted to say on the Constitution of uh, 2023, uh, so it's a matter far right or far, far left or whatever, that you have a legal right to protest, no matter what, once you're not breaking the law by going out and second fighting and... Of course, know, yeah, peaceful protest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but that, that's not what Leo Varadkar uh, is saying. Leo, he's not objecting to the protest. Right. He says nobody in a free society, nobody in a democracy has a right to exercise a veto on who moves into their area. Do you think you have a right to have a say in who moves into your area? Oh, definitely, definitely. Like, I... Right, this is probably um, off the mark, but I'm in a council house, and by law, we have a right to know who's going to live in the private, right? Of course. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, but another thing is, as well, you have a right to protest if there's a, a, a paedophile living in your area to get him out for the safety of your children. And it's going to be the same with the refugees or asylum people, whatever you want to call them, because you don't know their background, you don't know what criminal records they have, and you need to protest for the safety of your children and your family. You yeah, to. but people might argue that, you know, when, when, when you move into a housing estate, say you buy a house and you move into a housing estate, you've no choice in the other people that move into that housing estate as well. You know, a paedophile could move in or a criminal could move in. Now, you do have a choice, for example, if they want to build, say, 200 new houses across the road from you, well, then you can put in an objection to planning. So you do have some sort of well, veto in relation there. to that. But it's a crime if you're living in a council house. You have eggs, or even if you bought a house and somebody was renting beside it, you have a legal right um, to, find, you know, to find out who they are, blah, 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 and try and get them out of there in a peaceful and proper man manner. You have by law. Okay. Do you, do you support the people of Ballinrobe who've been told that no matter how long they've been protesting over the weekend or how cold it is, that the 50 immigrants, uh, male refugees, will be moving in today? support them 100%. I, I support them. I do, totally. Yes, yes. Okay, well, stay there for a second. I want to go to Morris as well. Morris, stay there with me, Sandy. Morris, hi, how are you? I want to salute the people of Ballinrobe and say fair play to you for standing up for your rights and standing together as a community. This government is forcing these situations on communities right throughout this country. A government that wasn't voted in by the people. Three parties that got together and forced their will on the people. That's why people don't support this government, Niall. And I applaud the people of Ballon Road for standing up for their rights to live in a safe environment, to live in a safe community. Are all these men unvetted, Niall? 
No, we, we, well, I, well, well, according to the government, the, this this term, according to the government, I don't believe it, uh, this term unvetted doesn't exist. They said people are vetted, which, to be honest with you, is nonsense because Michal Martin, nonsense. Well, Michal Martin himself on the BBC News only a year and a half ago when he was the Taoiseach of the country said we didn't have the administration yeah. to um, uh, vet everybody coming into the country at the time when he was talking about Ukrainians. So I don't believe they're all that. They, they couldn't be. Yeah. Exactly. So these people are right to stand up because they don't know who's coming into their community. And there's 50 of them. I seen one clip at the weekend. I'm not sure you've seen it. And it was the lady, the blonde lady that's, uh, say, the leader of the... The spokesperson, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. And she was talking to two guys that looked like Middle Eastern or from that neck of the woods. They, they tried they to, yeah, they tried to get in at 2 o'clock yeah. in the morning or something, yeah. And I seen her talking to them and they had beautiful phones, beautiful clothes. One of them had a gold watch that looked like something like a Rolex. She's better off dressed and well looked after than me and you. The taxpayers in the country, you know what I mean? What's so desperate about them? What country are they running away from? But to be plunked amidst small villages and not communicate with the community, that's why the people are objecting to the way this country is being run and the way the situation is being handled. And I'm sick of people saying, oh, the Irish went everywhere around the world. We did. We got up off our arse. It's not the same and thing. No, yeah. no, no. What I'm sick of them saying is, well, we got up off our arses and we walked in the communities. We built London. We built America everywhere we went. Well, when, when Irish people went to America undocumented, there was always the risk that if they were caught, they'd be sent home. They even couldn't come home for funerals because if they did, they wouldn't get back in again. And oh, and, and they claimed no welfare payments. They didn't expect anyone to house them uh, because obviously that didn't happen. So they either it was either make or break. You went over there, you made money and you supported yourself. And that, that's, oh, that you got caught and you went back home. And that's you it. went back home. That was essentially you know, it. And I, I know people who've been, I know a family, friend, friends of mine, who've been living there, him and his three children, have been living there for the last 20 years undocumented. There you go. And what's he doing? Is he causing trouble? Is he getting no, into trouble he's with work, the He's working he's hard. He works, his his getting handouts? he works for a management yeah. company of a large building. Right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. to the people of Alan Robe, I'm proud of you. You are starting to stand up for what you believe in, what you should have to, and you have every damn right if you're a taxpaying people. Exactly. A round of applause. Who's moving in beside you? You have every right to know. And shame on the government for not communicating with the working class hard people of Ireland. Stay, actually, do me a favour, both of you, Sandy and Morris. Just stay there for a second because I want to, I want you to listen to what Carl has to say. Carl, hi, how are you? How you going on now? Carl Dieter, nice to talk to you. Carl, I mean, I mean, look, you you spoken to protesters in the past. You actually wrote a whole piece about when you got out of your car and had a chat with protesters. I mean, this just isn't coming to an end. You've got, and, and I'm looking at the pic, the videos of these people of Alan Robe sitting around campfires last night, nice and peaceful, eating their pizzas, which were provided by Apache Pizza, by the way, uh, who said they support them. And yet you have a government completely ignoring them and saying whether you like it or not, we're moving in these 50 men today. Sorry. Yeah, so... I suppose there's a few things like I am an immigrant to this country. And so like I, I empathize with people who come to a new country. And um, I just want to say that's my starting base. I came here as a stranger. And not not illegally. <clears throat> no, not illegally. And I'm assuming that those people are not technically illegal, that they're here on refugee applications. And whether they're spurious or, you know, whatever, I'm assuming that it's all being done in the normal way. They've applied for but asylum, I, I assume, so, yes. Yeah, so, so my belief is that you don't have an inherent right in a free society to decide who lives in your area. And this was actually a key, a key failing of society in the past. It was the basis of segregation in the USA. It was the basis of apartheid in South Africa and many other terrible periods in, in political history. The caveat is, though, is, this is that's a very different thing than getting upset with bad governance and saying no to bad but you organizations. Do, but, you do, but hang on for a second. You do have a right. 
for example, if I if I buy a house somewhere and the government decides they want to build 200 more houses up the road, I do have a constitutional right to put in an objection to the planning because I'm not happy with the idea. So I do have a right to object. In Ireland, Ireland is almost alone in the world in having what's called third-party property rights. In other words, you don't own that land. You have no stake in that land, no skin in the game. You just want the right to make decisions about what happens with it. It doesn't exist in other countries. It's a bullshit idea. Terrible idea. Why is it a terrible idea? For the very reason that we have a housing shortage now. Everybody wants to row in it. Oh, no, we need no, housing, but, I mean, but just not near me. Yeah, no, no, well, hang on. I mean, sometimes people mm. object to properties. No, it's just a bad idea. No, what, no, what it's not. It's need... not a bad idea. No, if you, you, you live in an area which has limited amount of services, limited amount of schools, limited amount of GPs, and all of a sudden, you know, some developer says, I'm going to build another 500 houses in the area. And you go, well, hold oh, on, that's that, not really appropriate, is it? That, that, that has no, nothing to do with you as an individual. That is, That has to do with the planning authority and the provision of services in the state. And that's my point, is we take umbrage with governance and then it gets turned into people rejecting housing, gets turned into people protesting, folks being dropped on their doorsteps. There is, and so I'm with you to a point, but I'm not, I, I refuse to believe Ireland is a world leader, being one of the few countries in the world that has this concept of third party property rights and also a terrible housing crisis. I refuse to believe that we're a world leader in almost anything in particular that. Now you look at say June, 2023, the Irish Mirror showed that there was just six refugees housed in Dublin four. Why is that? Well, the when they did announce they're moving, they're moving in a few into a nursing home in Ballsbridge there over the, well over the weekend, they, they announced well, that, 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 to be honest with you, everyone knows why that is. That, that is just purely for the sake of optics. And everyone there now is suddenly concerned about the, the mm. fire safety. They weren't concerned about the fire safety when it was an old folks home. Yeah, when well, the, well, the reason the, uh, they said was because there was only 60 people in the old folks' home, there's 220 going to be moved into it now, so obviously it's a different Yeah, but fire. 60 people in the old folks' home who are full, uh, you know, always fully de- dependent on other people, whereas you've got yeah. able-bodied people Staff arriving as well, otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. But here, here, here's the other thing, right? When you look at the weekly arrivals breakdown um, that the government was providing up to a certain point, I don't think they do it anymore because people are actually reading it and it's uh, it's going against them. There's a thing called the IPAS weekly accommodation IPAS, and arrival yeah. statistics. Yeah. yeah, you could see that it was overwhelmingly single men. Like there's very few women, very few children by comparison to the single men. There practically isn't any men, uh, women or children, by the way. I just point out when it comes, when it comes to people seeking international protection. Yeah, I have never actually understood. And when you look at the occupancy by breakdown of nationality, let's just look at the top countries that people come here seeking refuge from Georgia. There's nothing happening in Georgia. Like Russia took some of it years ago, but, but not to where it should be the top country. Nigeria is actually is a regular country. There's nothing happening there. Albania. There is issues, there is issues in, uh, in the north of Nigeria with you know si- serious Islamists like Boko Haram and others, but they could relocate to other parts of Nigeria. Algeria, you know, um, there's places that it does make sense to see people coming in from like Afghanistan. But South Africa, and in fact, ones that you would think you'd see more people from, like Democratic Republic of Congo, which is a failed state with just absolute ongoing genocide all the time, there's very few. Uh, but you've also got people coming from, you know, the United States of America, 33 individuals. Like, there's a lot of stuff that makes no sense. And when that happens, I usually try and get into the people. I walked up, walked my dog up along the tents around Mount Street in the summer. I got talking to a guy who's here from Brazil. He'd actually been on the television the, the day before. Oh, he came on holidays and he liked it. 
He said he admitted. Well, was that the guy? Oh no, the, I was thinking the guy from South Africa who said he came here for a two week holiday. He admitted this on RT television. Yeah. He came here for a two week so, holiday and he liked it so much he decided to stay. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy from Brazil, very nice guy. Got talking to him. Uh, he was he was in a tent beside a person from Chile. Again, proper good country. I've been to that country. It's a lovely place. And he had been on travels in New Zealand when he was younger. Like he just, a lot of times people don't fit the characterization. Now, if you want to come to this country, we should. Like we actually need people coming here. Of course. We need people who can. But there is a process. Build this nation. Yeah. Do all that stuff. But when it's done badly, and okay. in particular, when it's in a certain way, that shit has got to stop. Like, but you do you do? do you, but, but getting back to the, the people. And they're it, only producing. Okay. The, pe- the people in Ballon Robe. Who, who spent the whole night out in the cold, well, with a few fires lighting. Um, do you support them? I support their right to be upset with the government for, for bad governance. I don't support the belief that they can choose who lives in their area. So I'm kind of, I'm in between the, the, the views that you're hearing so far. I completely against the belief that you should determine who lives in your area. If that was the case, no one would be able to live anywhere. But their, their argument is you're moving 50 unemployed, essentially, men, into a building next door to a crash. But that, that's the whole thing with the, with the governance. In fact, that, that actually gets to the point that I made when I interviewed the East Wall says no protesters, which just happened because they actually blocked my, 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 my car on the way home. So I started getting out and giving them a bit of guff, saying, oh, yeah, you're all the far right. And uh, it actually got a bit dicey for a second. I shouldn't have started a conversation that way. Probably but shouldn't have, no. The, well, look, you know, you just, you know what I mean? I like shut my mouth was never my, my biggest skill but they, they actually I was talking as we got talking to each other as things calmed down a bit they were saying like look one of the women I still remember she said uh, look I am like I'm just a mom I live in a block of apartments my daughter plays outside in the path she said the other morning we went out there was blood on the path there'd been a big fight she's going by lots of grown men you know some of them are patting her on the head and I was like well maybe They've left daughters behind. Maybe she's like, maybe anything. She said, but well, I'm really uncomfortable. It's just suddenly a load of men, all grown, big, strong men. And like, I'm there with my daughter. She says, I, I just. No, she's just concerned. Actually, well, do, do me a favor, stay there. So Carl, uh, basically the point Carl is making is that he doesn't, he doesn't believe that you have a right to object to who moves into your area, but he does believe you have a right to object to the policy of the government. Uh, Carl, stay with me, Marlkey. I'm going to be with you now in two seconds. The Nile Boylan Podcast. Get in touch, just WhatsApp or text Ireland on 085 100 2255. Did I say that too fast? Slow it down. <laughs> that was me trying to do the effect. <laughs> 085 100 2255. The Nile Boylan Podcast. Let me go to Malachi Steenson. Malachi, who is very familiar with protests, of course, responsible for all the uh, Ireland says no, as it the or East Wales says no protests, should I say. I do apologise, which is now going back almost 12 months, well, more than 12 months now. Uh, Malachi, the people of Ballon Robe, I'm assuming you support them. I fully support them. Okay. And I think what's indicative of this is that, yes, there over the weekend, a local political politician <clears throat> put out a statement saying that the leaks have been withdrawn. But that seems that seems to be not to be the case, yeah, yeah. No, and there now seems to be connections between that particular politician and um, the owners of this um, building, which is incredible that a politician now is clearly engaging yet again in misinformation. <clears throat> we have the situation in well, Norway. Well, 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 can, can I ask? Two thousand 
where two councillors in Galway who stood with the people in Galway had their hands raised by the by the guards. Yeah, were raised by the police. So now we're into to, yet again. If somebody like me who's been involved in politics all my life is well used to political policing and the way this country is run, but now more and more people are seeing what's happening, and I think that this is the first time that establishment politicians who have stepped outside of the, the consensus box that we're all, all supposed to live in now are now being raided. It was always reserved for those of us who are seen as dissidents or people who wouldn't comply with, with state dictates. They were free, um, to, they were free to fall, yeah. I know Michal Martin had uh, raised objections to what their comments and their yeah. support and, and of protesters. Have, and you see, now, if people think that this is a democracy, then they're a fool. We had O'Gorman last week telling the NGOs to come out and campaign for a government referendum. Now, a referendum, if people go and look up what the word actually means, it's, it means you go to the people and you ask them their opinion. You don't dictate to NGOs, which are <clears throat> um, fully controlled government organisations, and they're controlled through the funding and through the people that send them. And they were basically told, roll in with this uh, referendum, do as you're told, or you won't exist next year. Okay, okay. Let, let me go back to the, the purpose of today's conversation because we've talked so much in the past about immigration. Uh, and I spoke to Carl there a few minutes ago and Carl doesn't believe you have the right to decide who moves in next door to you. So this is what this is based, well, this is what this is based on because Leo Varanka said nobody in a free society, nobody in a democracy has a right to exercise a veto on who moves into the community. And it was also said by Ivana Bacic as well on Saturday, the Labour leader too. Well, there are two conflicting statements there. And just I... I Listening to Carl's statement there, where uh, our talk about when he met people from East Warren, I was there on that occasion. Um, if I recall it, the last time he told the story, he was on the bus. He seems to have moved in. No, I know. He told me the story. He was at the very start, he was in his car, but go on. I don't think he's changed the story. It, it, it's on Twitter anyway, as well, so there's, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were on the bus. Mm. Not to worry. Uh, the, the story is still the same. And, but the, when we say, you see, when people say, if I buy a house in an, an area, that and the houses are 500,000, right? Or I buy a house in an area where the houses are 300,000. I have a legitimate expectation that the other people who will buy houses in that area um, will be people of a similar um, income level to be able to afford those houses. Well, so people do have... Well, that, well, that, well that's an expectation. That, that doesn't mean it's set in stone. Yeah. That's an expectation. Now, you see, we have all of the planning legislation, which is a nonsense way of attached it and go and object to, to something that has nothing to do with them, to me building a house or putting an extension on my own house or something, which is nonsense. And, and Carl is right on, on those things. Planning legislation... Well, we, we, we've seen that on prime time in uh, the week, a week and a half ago where you've got professionals who were going around objecting to, to planning to make money. Professionals on, 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 on the prime time programme, you had professionals who were advisors to the Minister for Justice before she was Minister for Justice who were involved in that. And not a word about it. So it seems to me that, that white-collar crime and corruption in this country is, is all right as long as the, the political class is doing it. We, we, we bring people before tribunals and people still re-elect them like the likes of Lowry and they continue to support the government um, in, in whatever okay. they do. I, 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 need, I need to get to Dave and John as well. But Maliki, just getting back to the people of Ballon Robe, I mean... This protest, I, I, I was looking at the videos, it seems very, very peaceful. They're just sitting around campfires eating pizzas, which have been supplied by Domino's, or Apache, should I say, Apache Pizza, who said they support them, by the way. And other providers in the area have provided wood for the fires, etc., etc., etc. But according to Roderick O'Gorman, um, the 50 people are moving in, whether they like it or not. Now, it's, it's in this 
you know, people talk about democracy. Democracy is the will of the people, the will of the majority, not the will of a minority. And what we have continually in this country is that we're dictated to by a very small percentage of society who are milking this. This is a multi-million, multi-billion pound industry that we're now involved in. And when you have government ministers saying, and, and I heard Anderson, I think, from the Refugee Council today on the radio saying, oh, well, people are checked when they come in, their fingerprints are taken, they go to Interpol. Interpol probably have my um, fingerprints. They probably don't have most of your listeners' fingerprints. So going to Interpol or any European database only will have the um, fingerprints of people who have already been in some system, in some mm. criminal system. Okay, because sorry, but just before I go to Dave, Carl, what do you what do you make, and I'm going to come back to you in a second, Malachi, don't worry. What do you make, Carl, of, you know, the government constantly misinforming the general public, right down to Leo Varadkar, only recently, uh, as pointed out in Grip Media by Ben Scallon, uh, saying that the Dublin Convention, for example, doesn't mean that, uh, you know, our people who uh, come to Europe or come to Ireland have to apply for asylum at their first point of entry, i.e. France, London, wherever it happens to be. Um, he yeah. said that's not true, yet it was, yet the spokespeople for the Department of Justice and all the politicians said it is actually true. So they're, they're constantly misinforming the public all the time. Yeah, I just hope that when they start bringing in their misinformation, you know, puppet or whatever way that's going to work, that, that the same Martin, level of stringency is, is applied to, to, to them. Although I wouldn't expect it because normally if you get a government job, you're then suddenly pro-government. But it is completely dismal. In fact, it's actually taking a lot of people who are natural moderates, like I would consider myself a centrist and a moderate, and it's actually radicalizing me because I'm going to vote no to everything this government puts forward that I can have a say in. I don't care if they say, would you like to vote, Carl, to give you a million euro? I'm voting no to every single thing 100% of the time. It's the only, only action I have left that impacts the kind of thing that they're doing. I mean, for radical government to say the progressive organizations have to support this or explain themselves, it was actually followed up with an article where his, his mandarins, his handlers said, well, despite this being, you know, effectively true, he shouldn't have said it. It's like, so the, the, the sin was, was actually saying it. Yeah, well, he can't, un, he can't unsay it. And I, I believe, no, by the, the way, the, now the this, that, that referendum is already corrupted now, if you ask me. That, that, the, the fact well, is, then, so is that, that, that dynamic if exists as well. If you go back to the children's referendum, Supreme Court said, that it shouldn't go ahead effectively two days before. Well, I, I believe this referendum should, based based on the comment of Roderick O'Gorman alone, I believe this referendum now should be pulled. And um, because I believe well, it's already corrupted. Say, well, stay there, both of you, for a second, because we're going off on the tangent a bit there. Well, but, well hang on. Well, hang on. Dave, hi, how are you? What's crack? Dave, in relation to the, back to the people of Ballon Robe, um, Mia, or yeah. not Mia Hallmark, well, Levana Magic and Leo, Leo Varadkar have both said that you don't have a right to decide who moves into your area, essentially. Do you have a right? Yeah, but, yeah, but what happens if uh, somebody decides, right, we're going to put a direct centre in the middle of Docky or Kalini or another affluent area? I mean... That won't happen. You know, it's, That'll it's, never happen. Yeah, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's okay to say these things when you're just dumping people in rural Ireland or working class areas where you don't have the infrastructure to deal with the extra mouths. But when you try to do it to the, to the posher or the richer or more affluent places, suddenly you can actually object to these things. I mean, weren't they trying to put a direct revision centre in, in somewhere fairly decent and the, um, 
Was it local started kicking up a fuss and threatening legal action because it was going to affect their property prices? No, I'm, wasn't there, I wasn't there a halt in sight? Who was it objected there recently? A politician objected to a halt in sight being put somewhere in Dublin. I can't remember where it was. and Because they didn't want travellers moving into the area. Anyway. Yeah, well, you know, I said a good idea. Hey, put in planning for a halt in sight just down the road from Leo's new million euro gap and ZV starts singing from a different hymn sheet then. Well, he well, it might, I, I mean, I'm looking at an article here, by the way, and this is from the Irish Examiner, and it says Taoiseach defends objection to housing development in his constituency. Taoiseach Leo Varadka has today defended his objections to a housing development in his own constituency. Now, this is back, I think it was 2017 or whatever it was. Uh, but in saying that, so in the past, he has defended people's right to put in yeah. objections. No, of course. It's just, look, it's just Leo being Leo. It's just his forked tongue sticking out the side of his mouth. I mean, he's... I mean, look, what's the best way to discredit people? You just, you paint them as racists or you paint them as xenophobic or, you know, you, you make out that their, their argument isn't really isn't that important and not, not everybody else uh, agrees with them. You know, you try to tarnish their name and, and you know, and their, their cause. And then, you know, like what's the easiest way? Oh, you're all a bunch of racists because you don't want foreigners moving into your, into your area. And there you go. We're just trying to shut down the argument. You know, but, I look, but as far as car dealer is concerned, the idea that you should have any objection at all, uh, you know, it, like he understands the point that if there isn't services, that's a governmental problem. That's a separate issue. But that you don't have a right to decide who lives in your area. Well, I mean, and to be fair, in that sense, I kind of do agree with Carol. I mean, if that was the crack, we, we'd never build another council house again because everybody would object to it. But I think the problem people have, it's not the fact that you're you're putting people in these places. It's the fact that, like, you dump these people in these places and then there's there's no plan going forward. I mean, if we had an immigration system that actually worked and these places were basically like halfway houses while you're there for a little while while your application is being sorted out and then you're moved on. People wouldn't bother, you know, I don't think? think people would actually genuinely... Oh, I, I know I really yes, do because I've, I've, no, I, man, I've had this conversation with a lot of people and the main thing that people are pissed off about is they're living in small, like I, I'm coming from the rural perspective and there are small rural places where it's very hard to get your hands on a GP at the moment. Like, let alone other services you might need. And it's the fact that you have people just being dumped in places and then left there to languish. Like, they wouldn't care if they're there for a while and they're gone again. I mean, they tried it in cash. Well, well, you, well you might be saying that to me, but I, I think there's an awful lot of people around the country would object even if they were only there for, for three or four months. I they don't. don't. I really don't there's a lot so. of people I, just I, don't want them in their area, and that's it, isn't there? Yeah, but yeah, but that's yeah. But you could say the same about they're going to, like we're going to build a council estate. You're, you're nobody's going to be 100 percent happy all the time. You're always going to have people who are pissed off with the decisions or the detractors. I mean, they tried it in Cashel with a hospital where there were 75 people staying. Uh, your man who owned it was going to turf them out, and then they said they were bringing in Ukrainian families, but they found out it was international protection. Mm. But the council actually got involved and they, they shut it down. You know, I mean, people might laugh at the like of Matty McGrath because, oh, look at the coaches. But to be fair to them, they were listening to their constituents and, you know, they, they stood up for the will of the people that they're representing. You know? I, mean, that, I mean, that's a fair point, Carl. For example, nobody had any real objections to Ukrainians. And they might now, all right, because the, the, certainly the landscape seems to have changed. But they had no real objections to Ukrainians coming into the country because... They were families, inverted commas. Uh, when they came in, there was women, children and men. But Carl, people are kind of saying this and they've, people have been castigated and, and um, the government have said that people have no right to be saying these are unvetted men. Realistically, that's all we are seeing coming in for international protection. It's just young men. Well, there, there, there are huge concerns of people arriving to the airport, going through immigration and having no documents. And that's like a, a, an established thing that has been written about in the papers. 
And anyone who's in that situation, you would wonder how they got in a plane and then suddenly had no documents. Like that kind of thing, it just, it automatically makes you suspicious and they really do need to say And it's not just Ireland that's happening, is it? Ricky Gervais made a joke about it in his new new tour, uh, made a a joke about he he likes to go down to to the border down in um, Cornwall to see people coming across in the dinghies. And he said to him, I love watching the families coming across in the dinghies. And what was the line he used? He says, uh, he says, all right. He says, oh, oh, it's just lads. He says, come on in, lads. And he makes this kind of joke about it. So obviously it's the same thing everywhere. It's just young men. Now, I'm assuming they're hoping for a repatriation of some description afterwards. Or not repatriation. Most of them probably aren't. Like you wouldn't go to all that effort to be, to, to get sent home. No, no, no. I don't mean repatriation. I mean, sorry, uh, to have their families reunification uh, be sent over afterwards. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, it, I know, it, it absolutely is. In fact, there's, and, there's and by the way, if you want to re, if you want to redefine the family in the referendum in March, you can extend that family to anything that's a durable yeah. relationship, isn't it? Really. There was, I saw something before, and it was saying that the average number of visas or repat or, or like family reunification. Family it's over twenty now. Re- reunification. It's, it's actually, yeah, I think it's above that again. And I was thinking, like, because I actually said something about this online, and then people were hacking me saying, oh, yeah, look at you. Like, you know, effectively the usual thing that you're every name under the sun. But uh, well, it well, 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 the average is 20, and there's uh, 22,000 have come in in the last year and a half. I think it is something like 22,000. Well, then you can multiply that by 20. Yeah, but I mean, we're, we're hardly going to have kind of, you know, four million people rocking up. But it's just to say that, that there are, there will be that number of, of applications. Okay, okay. Well, okay. So, so Dave, bottom, bottom line is you you agree with Carl, but, but the point Maliki is making is that we shouldn't be doing this at all, that we should have stopped this a long time ago. Yeah, of course we should have stopped this a long time ago. Anybody with the slightest modicum of common sense would have stopped this a long time ago. And the more conspiratorial, paranoid part of my brain is like, these guys know the next general election, they're going to be, you know, destroyed. So they're just trying to look as good as they can towards a European overlord. Yeah, but okay, but I was going to say, yeah, but they're not looking very good in this country. They won't get elected again. No, but you know, but see, but that, see that's what I mean. So they're already working on their exit plan. I mean, no, that's, I could be completely wrong. That's no, my own right. way of seeing it. But, sure, but if I, I, I know, I can tell you for a fact, Leo Varadkar is not going to be the leader of Finnegan on the next election. No, and like they're all going to go off to nice cushy jobs. And like these people do not live in the real world. Like they do not experience like the world the same way you or I or Carl or Maliki do because they're probably surrounded by the little sycophants and, you know, kisser uppers telling them that they're doing a wonderful job. You know what I mean? Everybody's patting them on the back telling them that they're brilliant. And they're probably like, they're probably going to do such a narcissistic rabbit hole themselves. That if you try to tell them they're doing something wrong, immediately they go on the defensive and say, "No, you're wrong. You know, everybody else is wrong except for me." Let me go to sorry, stay there. Let me go to John Malik. You're going to come back to you in a second. I promise. John, hi. How are you? Afternoon. Are you, um, sorry for keeping me, everybody so long. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Let, just let me uh, give a fast history lesson here. As regards uh, communicating people that are objecting to people coming into your area, right? In 2002, like when there was a lot of people who came from Nigeria and people like that were coming in and the country was kind of, the economy was doing well. There was a place called, it's in the Rochester Stone Road, uh, come Douglas area, which would be regarded as Upnock at Address and Corporate. And there was the Norwood Court Hotel. It was disused and closed down. It was very popular in its day, but it was idle. And the rumour went around that they were going to put in people there that were coming into the country, just like what's happening now. 
And I guarantee you this way. I know for a fact that Michal Mertens in his constituency was lobbied until the cows come home. And after that lobbying was done by people living in the Rochestone Road and the Douglas area, right? Not one person went into that place and it stayed idle and there was knocked down and houses were built there because the political clout was there from the well-heeled upmarket area who said, no, we don't want it, we're not having it, and we all listened. Simple as that. Now, to get back to Bannon Road... Well, he's not listening, well, he's not listening now, is he? Well, well sure, this is the problem. What's going on now is, is pure traitorism, that's what's wrong. But with Veracker, Radical Garman, Michal Martin, Eamon Ryan, traitors all, every single one. And there's a gas Bannon Road. Now, apparently now, these people are going to be put in, regardless of the protests. What the protesters need to do, like what we did with the water campaign, right? When the guard, the first day we done it, we had 23 guards lined up against us and two sergeants. And he said, if you don't move, we'll start arresting people within 10 minutes. We sent out a text message because we had it down to a T. Women and children came from everywhere and we put them all out the front. And we said to the sergeant, start arresting people now. Start with the women and children and see what will happen then. That's what you need to do. Well, I, mean, well, I, I understand that, but I, I wouldn't want children to be involved in a protest. I don't, well, I, I don't is, think it's right, John. Well, the, point, the point I'm making is... No, no, I understand Gardaí, the point I've you're seen, making. Yeah, I've seen the videos now there of the Gardaí walking up and down and they're talking to the protesters and they seem to be a permanent prisoner of the squad car there and maybe two to well, three It seems to be very friendly. From what I've seen so far from the videos, that the relationship between the guards and the protesters seems to be very friendly. Point I'm getting, this is the point I'm getting to. If the, the people then try and stop the people from going into that establishment, right, then you'll see the friendly guard change and he will drag you around the place and he will put you in handcuffs. So don't be fooled by the friendly guard. Well, that, that's really unfortunate, Malik, and you've seen that time and time again at these different protests, haven't you? Yes, well, I mean, when people talk about um, not having a say in who comes into our community, this is not just single houses. This is effectively business premises being turned into permanent housing accommodation or, in general, single young males totally changing the demographic of any town or village in the country. And that's not something that anybody should be forced to accept. And this nonsense that's peddled about international obligations, the obligations of any government is to its own people. The people who are on this island for generations, the people who have sacrificed their lives to create what is now a skip um, effectively. And they're being denied even the right to be consulted and they're being told, you are nothing in this country, that you will do as you're told, and we will dictate from Dublin for, we won't put them into Jury's Hotel, and I predict that nobody will go into the, the proposed um, form. Ballsbridge. I find it very concerning, by the way, the way that's being reported. And I mentioned already that the Irish Times did a piece on it, which was a nice piece uh, on Saturday, where they talked to some of the locals. Some had objections, some didn't. Uh, I didn't see the Irish Times doing a piece on Ring's End, no, no, a positive no, piece. No, or, no, oh. In November 2022, it is now, isn't it? Um, when we raised the issue of forest invitation for the upper stock in the ESB centre in East Wall, we were told, one, we were told they had it, and then we discovered they didn't have it. We were told that we were racist, we were fascist, we were far right for even raising this issue. And now the good people at Balls Bridge are raising the issue <coughs> of fire safety. Yeah. That it, it suddenly, oh, well, that's a, a, a legitimate concern. 
It's only a legitimate concern in Dublin Four, or in the, the, the salubrious part of Dublin Four, but it's not a legitimate concern for people in working class communities. And there are only six asylum seekers in the Ballsbridge area. There are tens of over 10,000 in, in the north inner city already at this stage. <clears throat> and every working class community around the country is being overpopulated. We have no obligations to anybody outside of this state. And, you know, people talk yeah. about Leo says this. And that. There are two things that you shouldn't put into the same sentence with Leo Varadkar, our truth and Leo Varadkar, because he knows nothing of the concept of telling the truth. This is a man who leaked confidential government documents to his mate I know he I know he has been condemned over the comments that he made during the week in radio suggesting that the Dublin Convention um doesn't still have that well, criteria. Right here, that criteria. I, well I know Grip Media have already established that. I worked for the Refugee yeah. Council when the Dublin Convention convened. And I'm well versed in exactly. And, and no, don't get me wrong, the convention has changed numerous times over the years, but that particular core part of it has never changed. No, no, that's and, done. It's called the Convention because it was signed in Dublin, right? I think we were, uh, were head of the European Union at that point. Something. And nice. it says that you must apply for um, asylum in the first state port you land in. There, it is impossible to come into yeah. this country from half of these countries without landing. Somewhere. No, there, there is no, there is no direct flights from most most of these countries to Ireland. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but but, but that, that's not the point. We will argue, and I would argue that if people are genuinely coming from a war torn country or genuinely coming in fear of their life, that we should look at every application. But we shouldn't be looking at the applications of people who we know are clearly just economic migrants. A state, we'll stay there for a second. Sorry, oh, well, I'll just make this point now. It takes us years to look at some of these applications. And over 90% of asylum applications are rejected in this country. So that means that they're false. And those people are not put on a plane back out of the country. They're allowed through all the NGOs who fund fields. But, that's, but, but that, that's because it takes so long. And what happens is they're given right to remain because they've been here for so long. Now, let's look at what the convention actually says. You must be fleeing. Um, for uh, political persecution and various other things, LGBT stuff, and and and, yeah. and your own government must is not prepared to protect you, right? So we're saying to Georgia, come on into the European country. You're a great country, and then we're suddenly saying, oh well, but you're persecuting all these people who are coming to Ireland. You can't ride both horses now. We no, 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 no. I, I understand that. Let me. Well, hang on. Let me just go to Lorraine as well. Lorraine, hi. How are you doing? Lorraine, hi. I'm good, Niall. How are you? Good, Lorraine. You've been listening to Maliki there and many other people, and we were talking initially about Ballon Robe and Leo Varadkar turned basically saying that you don't have a right to decide who lives in your community. Do you have a right to decide who lives in your community? 100%. The people <coughs> in Ballon Robe spoke. They don't want them there. They don't want them 50 um, single men beside a crash. Like, is he for real? How would he feel if they were in his constituency and his people were saying, we don't want them here, Leo? Mm -hmm. Like, he can't have it both ways. I think it's wrong. Beside a cra it's wrong. They're not that the people in Ballinrow are doing it peacefully and are doing it. I agree completely with Maliki and everybody. Else. It's just wrong. Well, it's well, well according to the Minister of Integration, they're they're moving them in today, so they're moving them in it's anyway. Not what? But it's not fair. They have spoken and said we don't want them there. I'd be the exact same. If they were coming into my community, I have young kids. I wouldn't want fifty single men beside a crash if I was walking my um, but, young but, kids. But, here, but here's the thing: that says an awful lot about men, doesn't it? that you wouldn't want 50 men moving into your area. Well, what are they going to do? I mean, I, I do hear some stories, all right, but it's not every bloke is like that. No, but it's very intimidating. 
if you're walking there on your own or you're walking there with your kids on your own, it can be very intimidating if they're all outside or if they're all there. It can be very, very intimidating. Like, mm. are, are, like are they all vetted? Do, are they all, do we know what about them? Well, only with the government tells like, that The government tells us they've fingerprinted them all. I, I find that very bit difficult to believe that from fingerprinting everybody, you would have an idea who they are because if they've no documentation, and some of them have no documentation coming to the country, That's fingerprinting them is not going to make any else differences. No, you don't know who they are from Adam. Now, I'm not saying that they're, that they're racist or they're anything like that. I'm not saying that. Mm. But we don't know that. And they're in beside a crash. It can be very, very intimidating. If you're bringing your kids to crash or if you're going somewhere, if you're on your own with your kids, it can be very, very intimidating. Mm. I just think it's wrong. And now, the people of Ballon Row are doing it proper. They're peaceful. They're not causing any problems. But they're not. The government isn't listening, which is wrong. Like... It's so wrong. Well, there's, been no, there's been no problems about Robuchas today, but as I said already, the Minister for Integration, who seems to listen to nobody except himself, has decided that it's happening anyway, whether they like it or not, today. Well, put them in your constituency. Put them in his constituency. Put them in Leo Varadkar's constituency and see if the people, see if the people agree. Mm-hmm. They're not going, as Maliki said, it's not going to do the likes of the posh parts of Dublin 4 or anywhere like that. It seems to be the working class places they're putting them. What's wrong with putting them in Balls Bridge, putting them in Black Rock? Don't see any of that happening. Well, they have they have decided, well, they announced over the weekend they were putting uh, some people into Balls Bridge, but already the locals have objected on the grounds of, of fire they're safety. They're being listened to. They're being listened to, as Maliki said. Yeah. They're being listened to. No, the working class people aren't. It's just, I think it's so wrong. Stick them in leave records. If he's that wants them that badly in this country... Find a place for them down in your constituency and see how your people feel. Well, I don't know how the people of Castle Knock would feel about it. Was it stay there for a second, Lorraine? You know what they're like. And let me go to LA. LA, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you doing, Niall? Good, LA. LA, do, do you think people have a right to decide who moves into their community? Yeah, I absolutely do. I absolutely do. The thing that nobody seems to be bringing up, like, I'd have a problem even if it was 50 male Irish men, mm-hmm. you know, because it, but at least you'd be able to talk to them find out what their story is or whatever. Um, I just think it's so frightening for any area. And uh, I heard in Castlenock being mentioned there, I'm from Castlenock. Okay. I don't see any any migrants around Castlenock. None, none whatsoever. Mm. Well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been in Castlenock recently, but I don't know what yeah, part of it is. But I can guarantee you there isn't a direct vision centre in the Georgian village, that's for sure. <laughs> Definitely not, no. Uh, but I told you before, I campaigned for the homeless. Now, um, I have my son here. I take in um, a couple of them at the weekends when my son is in his father's, and I, I do what I can, you know. Yeah. But on the cold nights during the week, sometimes we go over to the forest and build a little fire or whatever and feed them, whatever. Yeah. And we, we were over there, and there's um, refugees in the school there. And it's it's so shocking that there's two tents with two homeless men right beside the school. And, you know, they're getting housed. You can see it's different ones coming in. And there is a few women and, and children. I did see a few women and children in that one. So maybe because it's beside uh, Roderick's house, you wouldn't know. But um, they came out and surrounded us at the fire and took two mobile phones and our speaker. Wow. And it was a very frightening experience. So I think absolutely the people have uh, a right to say no. Mm. Yeah. And especially with the crash there, it always seems to be besides schools and crashes as well. Why is that? And as the lady Lorraine on before, 
said, uh, uh, said it's always the kind of working class areas. It's never Castlenock, Foxrock, Blackrock. It it just isn't. But, but the government keep but, using this term all the time: families. We all know at this stage it's not families. It's never oh, it's never man. families. It's all single men. And, and it's the same. It's the same in the UK as well. It's the same in every country now. It's all sing. It's mainly all single men. I mean, there obviously are some women, but very few. Mm. It's mainly all single men. And, but you'd agree that it'd be it'd be frightening even if it was fifty Irish men. Mm. It just doesn't make oh, any sense, that? especially in a small little area like that. And Ballinarobe, I take my hat off to the people out there protesting last night. Watch the video this morning, and I just think fair play to them. At least they're trying to do something, you know. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that, I think they're in for a bit of trouble this afternoon if the government are going to move those people in because I have a funny feeling they're going to stand tall and they're not going to move. Um, and in some fortune, Maliki's probably right and John is probably right. At that point, the guards who had a great relationship with them up to now um, will have to probably do what they're told, I suppose. Yeah, well, it, it, it shocks me that the guardie had a, a what was it? 97.8% no confidence so in Drew Harris and yet he's still there and yet they're still following orders carrying out these duties I feel sorry for them you know yeah it's not really it's not really the, the right answer isn't it when a guard says you know well why why did you drag some woman out of a protest because I was just following orders that's not really an answer is it not really it's no. like it's going back to Nuremberg I was just doing my job it's yeah. not <laughs> just following it's orders yeah, yeah, it's just not, it's not going to cut the mustard, you know. And um, I, I don't know, it's very frightening what we're heading into. I, I, I have sleepless nights over it. I have a 15-year-old son and I worry sick for his future. I really do. Yeah, generally speaking in this country, I, I worry sick about uh, a lot of people's future in this country, a lot of young people's future in this country. And I don't mean just in relation to immigration, in relation to many, many things. Um, I don't believe that people will be even allowed to have an opinion very soon. Uh, stay there for a second, Lorraine, in LA. Let me go to uh, Dylan Hyde. How, how did they even get on the plane in the first place with no passport? Like that, that, well, that has my mind But well, they, didn't, they didn't get on the plane with no passport. That's the, po- that's the whole point of it. They do get on the plane with a passport because you wouldn't get onto a plane with no passport. And they destroy them when they're on the plane. They end up getting, they flush down the jacks. Disappears as soon as, disappears as soon as they land in Ireland. Yeah. It goes down the toilet. Shocking. Yeah. Yep. Shocking. Okay, and, and, as, and according to the Irish Times, they did a piece on it there recently. It's quite a substantial amount. It's not just a few, by the way. It's it's actually the majority lose their documentation seemingly on the plane. And then and then the government go and hold, or house them. Like, and they want the Irish people to be happy with it. It, it is illegal, by the way, to enter the Irish state with no documentation. So they've already committed, committed a crime by entering the Irish state with no documentation. But yet, so only one person has ever been charged with that crime. Who do we hold accountable for that? Exactly. How many people are here without documents? And we're just supposed to shut up and let them live where they want to live and be to do what we're told? Well, I, 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 well, I do feel sorry for the men and women who work in immigration control because they're obviously been told, look, just let them in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, if this was Australia, you've all seen the programme, uh, Nothing yeah, to Declare. It's whistleblowing, end of story. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you've all seen the programme, Nothing to Declare in Australia. If this was Australia and people enter without documentation, they'd be straight on the plane back to where they came from. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, stay there for a second. Let me go to Dylan. Dylan, hi, how are you? Hey, Niall, how's it going? Good. Uh, Dylan, you know, I, I understand that we, and, and I want to say this a hundred million times over and over again, I do believe that we should be helpful to people who come from other countries around the world where their lives are not as good as ours, and certainly their lives might be in danger, and we should roll out the red carpet, indeed, if people are genuine. Um, but we've got over and above, and it seems at this stage, yeah. uh, we just don't have the capacity to deal with it anymore. No, no, and I speak from my current experience right now. I'm, I'm currently, I can't get out of my own house. I don't, I don't have... 
enough money. Um, my girlfriend actually works in, in nursing at the moment and she has no future here. She is looking outward to Australia because that's her only option for a career path. And so, you know, the young people in Ireland have no future. We see no future and we don't know what to do um, in, re- in relation to that. Um, I, I don't know when I'm going to get a house, um, if I'm going to get a house or, or if there is going to be an opportunity for me to buy a house. Um, currently, I'm looking, I'm looking elsewhere outside of Ireland. And I, I really don't want to do that because Ireland is where I want to grow up um, and where I want to raise my children. Um, but, you know, the, the housing crisis, first of all, that's, that's one of the biggest issues, of course, at the moment. And then with this immigration coming in, I, I fear for my children's safety in, in the future. Um, you know, all it takes is, is one Riyadh Bootscrow or, or Joseph Puskett to come in in one of these places, such a bad robe, to cause these issues, um, such as sexual assaults or, or, or violent crime. Well, mind you, that's how he's able to text, I've just seen, or a WhatsApp message says, Niall, are you for real? Can't you see why people have an issue of 50 foreign national men moving in beside a crash, especially after the awful knife attack on an innocent little child? Seriously, yeah. you can't see the issue. I bet you're chicken to read out this. Well, there you go. I did, oh. I did read it out. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I think it stems from culture as well. Um, I, know, I know Sky News went to South Africa um, one time and, and they interviewed people there. Um, and I believe 28 out of the 38 they, they interviewed said they had raped someone. Um, you know, and that, that's horrible to hear, but that, that's, mm. that's, that's the culture there. And that's something that, you know, it, it can't change without enforcing the laws. Like what happens with these 50 men? What happens if they, if they all agree um, or they all come together, they band together and, and, and they go raping people? What happens then? You know, it's, 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 well, I would it's, like to think if they, anybody did that, they should be arrested like anybody else for doing oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Arrested and, and deported. And, 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 do, you, well, do, do you believe, Dylan, according to Leo Varadkar, we don't have a veto on who moves into our community? Do you believe you have a right <laughs> to decide or make any decisions or any objections oh, well, to who moves into your area? He, he, he has the right. You know, I, I, I'd love to get 50 of us, uh, you know, so-called far right and, and show us in Leo Varadkar's neighbourhood and see what, what happens then. Yeah. Because he, he yeah, definitely have an objection to point to Lorraine and LA, and these are all a bunch of far right head cases. Because that's that's the way you that's the way you're labelled in this country for even having an opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's labelled, and it's used to divide the people. Now the the people are now you know identifying themselves as far left or far right or left or right, and, mm. and, and it's, it's it's horrible to see. We need to be united in pushing the prosperity of Ireland forward. And that's where I see the future in. We need someone. Okay, but see, so, the okay, so the argument people. is then, okay, there's 50 people who need to somewhere to yeah. live. It's cold out. They need some roof over their head. And everybody's saying, well, not in my backyard. Yeah, so, so where do you put them? Um, well, when, where do you put that, them? That, 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 or do you just put them on a plane and send them home again? <laughs> well, we shouldn't take them in in, in the first well, place. Well, you know, I, last I, would, I would agree with you. It probably in the case of 90% yeah. of them. Yeah, I would completely agree with you. But, yeah, that, but yeah, the horse I, I, is bolted, hasn't it? You know what I mean? And I don't, by the way, I don't blame the Algerian man or the Albanian man or the Georgian man or whatever. I don't blame them. They're, they've taken advantage of a system that we've made available to them. Oh, absolutely. Like if, if we were given free housing in America, we'd be over there no butter. Absolutely. You know, we, yeah. and, and just, just to say, based off of America and Sweden and France and, and Italy, this is this is coordinated and this is happening everywhere throughout Europe, throughout course, America. Um, military head of, age, but yeah, but per head of population is happening more in this country than anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's really scary to see, and the demographic change is is really. You know, it's, Speak, it's really speaking of a demographic change, I stay there. Stay with me, Bo, because I want to go to Michael because he's in New York City. Michael, hi, how are you? Hi, and I. Happy New Year. 
Happy New Year to you. Now, Michael, speaking of a demographic change, I only read recently there is more immigrants um, now come into New York in the last year than people who are actually being born. Yeah, no, it's, it got, it's pretty bad. So I, don't, I work down in the city, but I live out in the suburbs about like 50 miles north of the city. So New York Thanks City so is a sanctuary city. Yeah. So um, when they busload the people into the city, so the city became overwhelmed, and then they looked to send uh, the migrants up to the quiet suburban towns outside the city, and our town supervisor put up a stink about it and completely blocked anything. Now, had she not done that, I do think people would have went down to the hotels and protested mm-hmm. because everybody was disgusted because they're like, there's no where for them. Once they get to this hotel that they wanted to put them in, there's no real public transportation. There's no real jobs. And all they're going to do is just wander around this little quiet suburban. Like, hang out the, uh, hang out on the streets. American yeah. Thing. Okay. So, so in other words, your local representative felt that they did have a right to a veto, whereas, you know, we've got a Taoiseach now telling us that we don't have any right to a veto as to who lives in our communities. Yeah, which I do think is a little wild. I think that it should be, you know, kind of like what we did over here, like our town representative said, absolutely not, we're not having it. This is not what the residents live here for. And she, it's a woman, she took charge and she like nipped it in the butt pretty fast. So I do think that something like that in Ireland would be effective mm. if it's able to work. No, they won't allow, they won't allow it to happen. The communities all over Ireland, rural communities all over Ireland have been told, we're increasing your population, in some cases double the population of a small town. Uh, we're increasing your population with primarily um, men. And that's the same over here. It's primarily uh, young, as people say, young military-aged men. And like you just said a few minutes ago, I couldn't agree with you more. If I was in their situation, I would take full advantage. I'd be like, you know what? Now is the perfect time to go because the border seems to be open. This is my opportunity to get the American dream or Mm. the Irish dream, whatever you want to call it. You know, you can't blame the people. You have to blame the system. Well, well, that's what I mean. I mean, when I see people giving out about the migrants, don't be giving out. I mean, your your problem is with the government because the government and the the Department of Immigration shouldn't be letting that many people into the country. It's basically similar to Joe Biden at the moment in America. It's like an open border policy. It's just like a free-for-all. It really is. Yeah, you see the videos all the time. They just they cross the water. They hop through the hole in the fence. You mm. know, nobody stops them. Nothing. It's, it's I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I know Biden gave out about Donald Trump while, while Biden was obviously trying to get in. He gave out about Donald Trump and the mess that was down on the, on the border in Texas. I mean, that mess was there, by the way, when Obama was there, too. My God. Yeah. It's nothing like the mess that's there now. No, they call it the, don't they call it the caravans when it's a... Like the big influx of people coming all in at one time. Yeah. So they're coming in from Guatemala and all these different places all the way through Mexico and in into the United States and nobody is stopping them. They're coming from countries in Africa too, making the way to South America to then get into Mexico to then get in through the southern border mm. as well, which is just like bizarre that these people are going thousands and thousands of miles from a different continent just to get through on the Mexican border. Yeah, and now I'm not really right winged, but me talking right now, it, I could get labelled as being. Well, the, well, just because you got a concern doesn't make you right wing. I mean, you're entitled to have a concern. I mean, and that's Definitely. the problem. Everybody got to get labelled right wing. L.A. is a big right winger, yeah. aren't you, L.A.? 
yeah, Vina Kishmas, yeah. Even though she goes out helping the homeless on a regular basis, she's a big right winger. Dylan, yeah, is, Dylan is another right winger. Um, nobody's been talking about um, <laughs> solutions to all of this. Mm. There is a group called the Irish Environmental Defenders, and they currently have a case against uh, what happened in the Mullingar with the migrants. Um, because the, the government are breaking the constitution by making some of these people citizens. Uh, they're probably trying to get votes because they won't, certainly won't get them from the Irish people. Um, so it would be great if people could support the Irish environmental defenders um, in their current court cases. So they can catch them on Facebook there, the Irish environmental defenders, doing absolutely stellar work in the courts. Now, mind you, there's a lot of criminality in the Irish courts, but it's still good that um, this avenue is being uh, looked at, you know. I'm looking at an article here actually from Grip Media and it says a village of 100 cannot handle 950 refugees, say animal residents. This would be the people of animal when they were talking about it intended at the time to house 950 Ukrainian refugees. I mean, it's just that the way things are being done, we're just making a mess of it. Uh, let me just finally, if I can, because I have to wrap this up, I have to go to Stephen. Stephen, hi, Thank how you. are you? Hi, hi, Stephen. Or, no, hi, Niall. Hi, Stephen. Uh, sorry about that. I was catching the fire. Now, go Didn't ahead. Tell Eamon. Go ahead, Stephen. Uh, no, I, I was just, um, uh, you know, when you listen to everything and you look, I came obviously from the north um, to live in Ireland. Love yep. the country. Yep. What I did do was come and look. I applied for lots and lots of jobs before I got a job. Mm -hmm. When I got a job, then we came to Ireland. We didn't do it the other way round. Well, mind you, you're quite, uh, but you, know, mind you, Stephen, you're quite entitled to because Ireland have an agreement with the United Kingdom, of course, and it's free oh, movement. Uh, yeah, yeah. But absolutely. But I wouldn't move. I wouldn't say go to Germany or to America without having a job. Well, people to, do. To me, it's to me, it's a bit ludicrous. But um, well, it, it is a bit ludicrous going to another country and expecting them to house you and expecting them to provide money for you. But. The the whole thing with Leo and the, the 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 politicians at the minute they are dictating. This is not a democracy we live in anymore. In my opinion, it's a we are dictated to how we eat. That's the new one. How we heat ourselves. How we go to work. How we breathe. Soon we'll be um, saying you can go to the toilet at twelve o'clock. You're, you're right. Do you know what? You're actually 100% right about how we eat because I only read an article with Charlie McGongle, the agriculture minister, suggested to restaurants and farmers who were given out about the costs uh, they should put less food on the plate. We're now, we're now suggesting rationing food just to make things better. You know, and that's just the way they've gone. But they, they, like nobody really minds genuine refugees, really genuine um, yep. immigrants, people that are escaping. But yep. they never put in a plan. To me, integration is you talk to the local people, you get an agreement on how many, but the agreement should be, okay, we'll take 20 single men, but we will take, a, we have to have 20 families, whether they be Ukrainian, Georgian, mm -hmm. whatever, some Irish homeless, you know, and Irish families. If you want integration, that's what you do, yes. Put 90 people but, in. Yeah, but here's the thing, Stephen, we haven't seen this problem in Northern Ireland, to, not to this degree. Uh, and the reason is, is because they wouldn't get the free house. They wouldn't get the bunny. They wouldn't get yeah, all well, of that absolutely. stuff in Ireland. They, they get, it's much more generous down, down south. Oh, uh, absolutely. Also, culturally, 
Yeah, the, people, the people in Northern Ireland wouldn't the, put the, up with us. <laughs> it wouldn't matter which side of the divide. Yeah, they're the, not having it. No, nah, they wouldn't have put up with that. Yeah. You know, uh, which is the irony where we have one party down here saying, oh, we'll wel- welcome them all. Yeah. Uh, but in the north, they're not allowed. <laughs> yeah. It's hard enough to get them to live together up there <laughs> without moving more you know, people in. <laughs> I get you, I get you. But I, I think this is the, the thing that has to be put back to politicians. Doing this is going to dis- is going to stir. It's going to upset actually society completely because we're now, like, even saying this thing, I'm wild, um, a radical right. I honestly don't believe there's any radical right in Ireland apart from a few loonies. Yeah, but, well, there is, there is a few loonies out there, but the majority of people are just concerned oh. citizens. And this but idea of branding people and, you know, uh, you know, calling them right wing or whatever it is, all that is is just to silence people. Stephen, it's been lovely talking to you. Sorry for sh- cutting you a little bit short. I've run out of time completely. Some of your messages coming in. Hi, Niall. Just a question. Uh, number one on your show has asked, no one is on your show has asked today, uh, what is the end game with all this immigration, Rory from Donegal? Uh, well, Rory, what the end game is to increase the population of the country. In case you didn't know. That's the end game, isn't it? Because they know the population of the country is uh, declining. Um, we already, la- or this year, for the first year ever, we're below replacement level, unless we have people coming into the country. So the only way the population will increase is by continuing to allow people to come into the country. That's the government's plan, isn't it? Somebody has to pay those pensions in about 20 years' time. That's the plan. But the problem is we're doing it our ways. We're allowing an awful lot of people into this country who are unskilled, um, who will probably work in just general, low-paying jobs, who will be supported by the state for the rest of their lives. In other words, they will become a burden on the state. If we want to, I mean, I welcome diversity and I welcome people coming in to work in all different industries in this country from all over the world. But there is a proper process that you have to go through and they're generally skilled people. And yes, there are always going to be uh, some demand for unskilled workers too, to work in factories, to work in hospitality, to work in other places as well. But unfortunately, when you allow too many people of that of the unskilled criteria into the country, well, then it costs the state a huge amount of money because they will all have to be sustained financially by the Department of Social Protection, uh, who now spend over 20 billion, which is nearly half of the money we get in taxes. Tracy on WhatsApp says, sorry at work, uh, it's gone me on a joke. Uh, if there is genuine people from Ukraine, I don't think anyone would have a problem. Uh, what do you think is going to happen when you put a load of men together with nothing to do? It will take something bad to happen until all this stops. Well, things bad have happened already. Uh, the government needs to start listening. It's gone beyond a joke. They're never going to listen, I don't think. James says, uh, in work on a production line, love the show. Uh, Keith says, the question that needs to be asked is, who purchased the hotel? Why is Leo Varadkar not listening to the public? It seems like to be a dictatorship administration running this country. People have protested and complained. And everyone is far right. You don't have any right to stop someone else or a family renting or purchasing property next to you. Christine says, it's gone beyond a joke. If these were genuine people from Ukraine, I don't think anyone would have an issue. Uh, but uh, what do you think? Oh, yeah, that's, sorry, that's the same one. I do apologize. Um, look, I'm going to be honest with you. It's getting sickening at this stage. And what's getting sickening is not the people protesting. Of course not. What's getting sickening is the government's inability to listen to the people. Maliki described Roderick O'Gorman as stubborn. I think it was Maliki or Carl Dieter described him as stubborn. He's actually beyond that. Actually, no, it's actually Pater Tobin. It's gone beyond that. Roderick O'Gorman, to me, I'm very concerned. A man who suggests, for example, during a referendum that NGOs should lobby for a yes campaign or they would have questions to answer and have a damn good reason as to why they're not. That 
to me is very sinister. That actually invalidates the whole referendum because essentially your taxpayers' money, 6 billion euro of it, goes to these NGOs. So you're paying these NGOs and he's asking them to campaign for a yes vote during a referendum which is meant to be put to the people. That's very concerning. Now he has a group of what look like very peaceful protesters protesting outside this hotel or this reception centre in Mayo. They look like peaceful, decent people. They're not right-wing loonies. They're not running around with flags. They're not burning places down. They're not doing anything of the sort. They're concerned people. And he's ignoring them. 50 people are moving in today as far as he's concerned. We cannot continue to ignore the general public. There's an election at the end of this year. It's not going to make any difference, is it? Because the people that we don't like at the moment are probably not going to run again anyway. Then they'll have jobs in Europe, as people have mentioned already. This is all self-serving. And I'm very concerned about this country. I'm not just concerned about immigration. I'm concerned about a lot of things. I'm concerned, for example, how we're ignoring completely the fact that we were lied to during COVID and told by numerous media outlets, including our own CMO, that we had a massive amount of excess deaths. Now the OECD have told us there's been none at all. So the government misinformed you. Now the government are misinforming you again in relation to immigration. They'll also continue to misinform you in relation to climate change and climate change policies as well. They'll misinform you on a lot of things, but nobody has taken them to task. Why? Nobody knows why. There was a time when Irish people got out and protested peacefully. And I say peacefully, I would never, ever condone violence. But peacefully protest. But now, for some reason, you don't feel you have to do that anymore. For some reason, you feel you can do it on a keyboard on Twitter, and that satisfies your urge to protest. I agree with the people of Ballon Robe. There you go, I've done my bit. No, you haven't done your bit. Go ahead and stand beside them. That's how you agree with the people of Ballon Robe. That's how you agree with the people in any part of the country who are protesting because they have genuine concerns. And as for Leo Varadkar, Roderick Gorman, Michal Martin, you need to start listening to the people. These are the people who are paying your salaries. Listen to them. They're not right-wing racists. They're Irish people with concerns. Those days of silencing people by calling them names are coming to an end. And coming to an end very soon. I'm very concerned about this country this year and where it's going to go. But all the damage that's being done, the division in society, the only people you can blame for that is the government. Nobody else. Don't blame the people. Blame the government. They're dividing society. Don't forget, by the way, if you want to support our podcast, you can. The number or the website, as usual, is nileboylan.com. We would ask you to support us. We don't get paid. I know this sounds like a poor amount, doesn't it? But it is genuine. We have a plan for the show that will put the show into everyone's home. We want to expand it. We want to see this platform get bigger and better. And we want to make the platform so big that the people on the left and the politicians will have no choice but to come onto it and defend themselves. That's what we want. Because they go on to RT to defend themselves all the time because they feel they have to. They don't have to come onto this show. But I want to make sure that they have to come onto this show by making it that big that they can't ignore it. And the only way I can do that is with your support. We do have some people who've subscribed to us and donated to us, and thank you very much, and I really appreciate it. But for the thousands who listen and donate or the thousands who listen and download every day, we don't really get anything. So we'd ask you, if you're listening to the show later on by download, if you're listening to it live now, 
just even once, put your hand in your pocket. You can donate to the show on the website, the donate, if you just do want to do a one-off payment. Or you can subscribe. It's five ninety nine a month plus tax. And you can subscribe now by going to the website. And all that is is buying a pint of beer for the three of us to share. We don't even get one each. We're just sharing it. Don't forget, by the way, everybody who subscribes or donates, we got one of these. The Nile Boiling Podcast. And on the back of it, it says, Woman, Adult, Human, Female. We got that one done just for the referendum. And we've got brand new mugs on the way, by the way, which look even so much better than those ones. They're on the way. Thank you very much indeed to everybody who subscribes, everybody who watches, everybody who downloads, everybody who watches the stream, and everybody who supports us on social media. If you can financially support us, which I'll please do, but if you can't, the one way you can support us is by sharing a link to the show with a friend or tell a show or tell a friend about the show. That's how you can support us. Thank you very much indeed. We shall talk to you again tomorrow, 12 o'clock. See you then. Bye. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085 100 2255. The Nile Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms. 